It's a beautiful night tonight. The sun is shining. CinemaCon happened. The Mario movie's making a Mario alien dollars at the box office. And except for the sun <laughs> being out at night, we're going to cover all of that here on Under the Bridge. I beg your pardon? <laughs> you will not get it. Okay, fair enough. Welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And as I covered in the intro, it's been a week of things and stuff. Indeedy. Star Wars Jedi Survivor came out on PC. Well, came out on other stuff. But the PC response in particular, not great. No, not not great in the slightest. Riddled with bugs. Riddled with bugs, riddled with, for Mike, it's mostly riddled with just bad performance issues. Yeah, low FPS, stuttering, slow unpacking for preloaded games, long loading screens, screen tearing. <laughs> Apparently at least one enemy has a glitch where dying to it may cause you to permanently lose XP. <laughs> uh, we're Escape from Tarkov Star Wars edition, then. <laughs> Do I hear Star Damn. Wars 06? <laughs> You know, if I'm honest, that would be kind of neat if it was an intended feature of the game. <laughs> oh, this one enemy, this one Mogu troll or whatever it's called, just kills you. And yeah, other Mogu trolls apparently don't do it. Oh, but there's one in particular where it's like, oh, you died? Start from the beginning. Allegedly, <laughs> the there's career. one in particular. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, you died to me? Too bad. Cal Kestis is gone. You're going to have to make a new one, bitches. <laughs> Can I have another Cal Kestis? We have Cal Kestis at home. Cal Kestis at home. I don't have any more XP. <laughs> it's the Joker from Gotham. He's played by the same actor, you know. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, it's Cameron Monaghan. Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah, no. Hmm. He wasn't bad. <laughs> Fair. At least he he was no worse than anything else in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And I kind of liked Gotham for how long did I stick with that show? I want to say I got into season three. I don't think I watched beyond, or at least I didn't watch continuously beyond season two. I watched bits and pieces after, or season one. I watched bits and pieces after. And that. I guess it's probably not accurate to say that I liked it so much as I watched it out of a bizarre fascination with what it was doing. <laughs> Anyways, that's getting a little off-topic. Point is, AAA gaming, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and apparently, I didn't read it, but apparently there was a press release that EA came out with like two days after the game launched, talking about the performance issues, and from what I've gathered, the language of the press release basically said was along the lines of, alright, look, this is only happening to a few people, but you know what? We'll fix it anyway. It came off as if, these issues are happening to a select few, not a whole bunch of people. And not because of anything they did, but because of hardware problems. Yeah, like, basically saying it's like, it doesn't work on your PC? Yeah, you have the wrong PC parts. You have this specific PC part, so that's why it doesn't work. It's like, bullshit. I don't believe <laughs> you. Like, no. No. I don't believe you, Light Cigar. Yeah, so... I I saw a thing earlier saying that they that they're going to they've either released or going to release the first patch like soon like within the next coming days, but man, it's just been a crap show, and that's very unfortunate for me because I was actually really looking forward to this game. I wasn't looking forward to the gargantuan like download size that it would take on my Xbox. But this is also why not only do I not pre-order games for, for like ninety nine point nine percent of things, but I also usually wait in, after, until the first week of a game launches just to see how it gets received. And boy, am I glad I did that with this. The worst one. part is I have and still have not played Fallen Order. 
Fallen Order is a good time. I've heard. I just <laughs> I just keep going back to shiny hunting in Pokemon. That's fair. I've no, it's go- not. <laughs> Don't justify this terrible habit. I have the game. I have a physical copy of the game, and I have never played it. Oh, dear. <laughs> and that's not the only game. Mm. I didn't used to get games as a collector. I used to get games because I wanted to play them, and now I still do, but instead they just sit on my shelf and or coffee table. I was going to say, like, I'm in both worlds because I'm a collector who buys games that I want to play, but then it's like, what do I play? These are all things I want to play, so I don't know what I want to play. It sounds, to anyone who's listening, it sounds batshit because it is, but trust me, (laughs) this is a real issue. (laughs) I still have to get a Wonderswan color just so I can play these old Digimon games I have. Oh, that is 100% a you problem, Mike. I am aware! (laughs) Says the person with the Japanese PlayStation 2. Uh... Yeah! Never mind that I want a PAL PS2 so I can play Digimon World 3 with an actual post-game in it. Mm. (laughs) That's a lie. I'm never going to beat Digimon World 3. The game's terrible. But I might! (laughs) I mean, hey, look. As someone who barely has touched Final Fantasy, I bought a special version of Final Fantasy X literally because it was there. (laughs) Like, you're good. Anyway, point is, uh, fix your game, guys. Don't do this to the devs. Don't do this to your players. Yeah. Don't be afraid to move a release date. Well, the funny thing is that they did. (laughs) Don't be afraid to do it again. Yeah. Beta tests are your friends. Indeed. Alpha tests are your friends. (laughs) Tests in general. Testing in general. Just Make sure your game works. Give give your game a pop quiz. Make sure it's ready to go. (laughs) Make sure your game works and not on your dev kit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So here's one that got away from me last week. Mm-hmm. But it's still worth reporting on because there's a new update. Mm-hmm. Markiplier is directing a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry? He's directing a <laughs> horror film based on the video game Iron Lung. What? You pilot a little submarine taking pictures inside an ocean of blood. I, as much as I hate to admit this, I am now interested. <laughs> He's also starring in it, apparently, and helped okay. write the script. Well, I don't think this is the first directorial or acting thing he's done, because I think he's done a couple, like, YouTube shows, right? Yeah, but I think this is his first, like, film directorial thing. Okay. Man, it's unfortunate because, even though I don't- I've subscribed to Markiplier, but I barely watch him, I have no ill will towards him, by all accounts, from everything I've seen, he's actually a pretty great guy, but it's just one of those things where, like, part of my brain is going, like, but why, though? (laughs) I mean, it's also self-finance, so when you've got money to spend Mm. making a movie- why not? Mm, fair enough. It's what I'd do. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's a lie. Actually, I'd pay money for other people to not get theirs made. Or you would make improved but still cringe versions of commercials that we hate. I'd buy myself you... an editor credit on something. <laughs> Looking at you, Regal commercial for the theater that I just paid money in. <laughs> we didn't get that this time. We did it! And it was so nice! <laughs> we'll get into that later, I guess, but yeah, no, we didn't get the Regal commercial in front of our movie this time, and it was a very refreshing change of pace. For real. <laughs> Just went straight from the previews into the movie. It was very good. It was very nice. But no, uh, apparently filming has wrapped on the Iron Lung mm. film already. Not long okay. after it was just announced that it was being made in the first place. Oh, <laughs> shit, okay. Alright, is this going to be like a theatrical release, or has that not come out yet? Uh, no idea yet, as far as I know. Okay. 
Presumably, huh. he'd have to find a distributor. Hmm. Or just, I don't know, did you just release a film on YouTube? I mean, yes. Kind of. I don't know. I'm not sure, because I don't really know how YouTube handles movies. I see a lot of movies that like you have to pay for or that are free with ads. And then there's also weird edge cases, like how Red Tails is free to watch on LucasArts' YouTube page, I believe. Right. So, yeah, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. Hmm. I'm actually looking forward to this. I watched his playthrough of Iron Lung. It was, uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Short, but pretty good. Okay. So, you remember how two weeks ago I had Blade and Deadpool news? Yes. Well, I've got Blade and Deadpool news. Oh boy, there's even more. Yeah, except I pulled up the wrong article. <laughs> okay. One second. <laughs> what the actual hell? I'd say you played that off very well, so I thought you were joking initially. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I actively... I actively pulled up the wrong article, apparently. Mm. This, is when they, this is when they got the new director and writer the first time, but now they've got a new writer. They don't have a new director. Okay. There we go. Nick Pizzolato. Pizzolato? I'm very okay. sorry. I'm bad at name pronunciation, and I will not get better at it. Anyways, point is, he worked on True Detective, and now he's working on a rewrite of the Blade script. Mm. For the movie that comes out in a year and a half. That seems really short. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, Marvel does tend to improvise sometimes. Hmm. Sometimes you find the movie while you're shooting, you know? It doesn't always have to be pre-planned out and perfect. It looks pretty bad considering the turmoil Blade's gone through, but... I mean, fair, but not encouraging at the same time. Oh no, that's not encouraging at all. I'm... I don't want to be worried about Blade. I'm sure it'll be fine. You've got Mahershala Ali as Blade. It can only go so wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even if everything else about it was a disaster. I don't think you can make Mahershala Ali as Blade bad. Right. But, ah, I just want this movie already. Yeah, same. Very much the same. Like, you remember when it was come supposed out. to come out in November? It was? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about originally that. it was supposed to come out in November of this year. Oh, dear. And then they pushed it back, and then they pushed it back again, I think. It's been a couple pushbacks. Yeah. Even made Deadpool move. <laughs> Spingers crossed that whatever issues there are get resolved quickly, but still not a great look at the moment. Nah, nah. I'm not one of those, uh-oh, Marvel's in trouble people, because they're not. Mm -hmm. But, huh. So, we got another returner back for Deadpool 3. Alrighty. And it's Rob Delaney coming back as Peter. Oh, okay. A.K.A. Sugar Bear. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna be honest, that was really scary, so yeah, I think I'm gonna go home. <laughs> Smartest person in that whole movie. <laughs> and even then, it took until the end. Yeah. It took until literally having gone back in time and being saved by Deadpool. Mm. Oh, do you think he saved the rest of X-Force, or do you think he just saved Peter? I wouldn't be surprised if he just saved Peter. He was just like, no, don't help, don't help Zeitgeist out of that <laughs> wood chipper, just go home. Right. Why is his name Zeitgeist? He spits acid. What does one of those things have to do with the other? The answer is nothing. <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. I'm excited to see him back. Oh yeah, same. I want. Oh, we haven't really gotten him and Dopinder interacting, have we? No, we have. Oh, I wonder how that's Ooh. gonna go. 
Ooh. Yeah, that would be fun. Just imagine if if Deadpool and his supporting cast go tumbling into the MCU, but none of the superpowered characters get through except Deadpool, so it's literally just him, Vanessa, Blind Al, Peter, Dopinder. Everybody else gets stuck in the X-verse. Who are these guys? My entourage. <laughs> I can see him doing that. Yeah, I could see him doing that too. <laughs> this is my X-Force. Mm, your what force? <laughs> well, okay. We're kind of missing the heavy hitters, but... Yeah, no, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Then for the big thing, uh, we're not... We're not really doing trailer time, or rather we are. Cause it's trailer time again! That's much better. It's my voice didn't break on that one. (laughs) Wow. That was my real voice. (laughs) But actually, no. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we're not technically doing trailer time, or we are, but it's folded in because pretty much every trailer that came out this week was CinemaCon related. But no, CinemaCon happened. A lot of trailers Hmm. came out. Many trailers and footage and exclusive clips were not made available to the public. Exclusively for the audience at CinemaCon. But that's not going to stop us from talking about stuff anyway. Oh, of course not. No. Sony was pretty much first up to bat. Mm-hmm. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence had a taped video message because they're busy filming Bad Boys for... I almost said Bad Boys for Life, and I'm like, no, that was the last one. I was going to say, please tell me there's not another freaking Bad Boys movie. <laughs> no, there is. We, we've talked about this before. Oh wait, that's right. What is it again? It's just there's no there's no new title. It's just Bad Boys Four right now. Oh boy, which actually makes me kind of mad because you could have saved the subtitle until now and had it be Bad Boys Four Life. Oh man, <laughs> what a missed opportunity, right? Yeah, like it seems like an accidental missed opportunity, but a missed opportunity nonetheless. Yeah, mm. yeah. Also, independently of the presentation, we found out that Eon Grufford Grufford. Again, bad with names. Do not mm. care. Will not change. I shouldn't say I don't care. I am sorry, but it will not change. Right. He is going to be part of the movie as well. He was Mr. Fantastic in the original Fox ones that weren't very good. But not the 1990 <laughs> one that was <laughs> also not very good. <laughs> and yet somehow still the best one. Mm. In terms of being a Fantastic Four adaptation. Right. Never forget, Jessica Alba was the Invisible Woman. True. <laughs> and Chris Evans was Johnny Storm. Christ, I keep on forgetting that that was Chris Evans. And Michael Chiklis was the thing. Okay. <laughs> One of the best Hollywood castings ever, if I'm honest. <laughs> he was very good in that. Oh, yeah. I give those movies a lot of shit, and I think a lot of it is deserved. Mm. <laughs> He's great. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that happened. Sony tried to flex by going, oh yeah, when when everybody was saying the future was streaming, we didn't go for it. We kept theaters going, and it's like, yeah, you don't you don't have a you don't have a premium streaming service, so yeah, that's kind of that is a weird way to save face. It's like, yeah, we kept on going. It's like because you didn't make anything. Good job <laughs> congratulating yourself on not going to a party you weren't invited to. That's like building a car without an engine and saying it it has zero emissions. <laughs> You're not wrong <laughs> But you are <laughs> That's not an inaccurate statement Technically It might even hold up in court I guess 
They also presented a clip from the new movie upcoming Dumb Money, the one about the GameStop stock thing. Oh, they're making a movie about that? Yeah, they're making a movie about the GameStop stonk. Oh my god. <laughs> Game stock stomp? Games Game Stomp. Game River Stomp. <laughs> river Stomp on those finances. Game River Stonk. <laughs> oh man. It's starring Paul Dano and Seth Rogen. Yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have the Riddler and we're gonna have Zack of Zack and Beery make a porno. I really need a more current Seth Rogen live action reference. But all I can think is Zack and Beery make a porno, and I don't know why. I, don't, I haven't seen I, that movie in years. As to say, I don't think I've ever seen that movie to begin with. So I don't remember what I thought about that movie. Not that that says much. <laughs> Did I take notes on it? No, then I don't remember it. Mm. Jesus. They also brought out Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, and Issa Rae, along with showing the first 14 minutes of Across the Spider-Verse. Obviously, we didn't get that. Oh, that's annoying. We also didn't get a trailer for Craven. For Craven? Yeah, they showed one. They showed a teaser. And apparently it's rated R, if you can believe it. Oh, boy. The R is for... <laughs> the R is for... Craven. Oh, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. And then I remembered that Morbius also has an R in it, so it doesn't even work then. Hmm... Ironically, the only one that didn't have an R in it was Venom, if you count the subtitle of the sequel, Let There Be Carnage. Fair. Anyways, dumb <laughs> jokes about ratings aside, <laughs> hmm. we did get some descriptions of the teaser for Craven, though. Apparently the Rhino is going to be the bad guy, or at least a bad guy. Okay. And at the end of the trailer, his arm starts morphing as he says, Don't you want to know why they call me the Rhino? So this sounds like... This sounds like exactly every other Sony live-action Spider-Man movie they've made in recent years, just from that one line. That's... I don't know if encouraging is the right word for that. That is the opposite of encouraging. <laughs> I mean, execution matters, of course. Mm -hmm. Execution doesn't always trump intent, but it usually goes a long way towards masking bad intent. Yes. But just from that one line... We can already kind of get a general idea of how this is going to go. I have a prediction. Oh, boy. This is going to make one crevillion dollars at the box office. Oh, okay. As everybody knows, because I totally didn't just make it up, a crevillion is a number anywhere between zero and 500 million. Okay, so that actually is a real number. No, I made it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why am I like this? Why did you fall for that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm staring at myself in a mirror while recording, but I wouldn't trust this shit-eating grin on my face. <laughs> my god. Why am I like this? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm glad you are, though. I'm glad we're friends. Indeed. Wow, for, for as much as I said I wasn't going to go into a play-by-play, -play, for Sony at least, I totally have. Hmm. Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell showed up to talk about anyone but you. Well, that's awful mean. Apparently it's a screwball comedy about two people who loathe each other so much they can't resist each other. I know. There but is it's got Glenn Powell. But there is bad touch written all over that description. <laughs> well, of course there is, but Glenn Powell. 
they hate each other so much that they can't resist each other. And, of, I mean, it's basically any anime relationship ever. God, are we gonna get live-action Sudaris? Oh, shit. Uh, you know it. Uh, oh, no. Dread no, it. Run from it. They're bad enough in manga and anime. <laughs> Baka arrives all the same. Mm. And also something we didn't get. A trailer okay. for Gran Turismo. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and an introduction from David Harbour and Orlando Bloom. Wow, the the one thing I actually kind of would have cared about. <laughs> Granted, I'm sure there's more at, at this I would have cared to see, but it's like, no, I actually am interested in looking at how bad this is going to be. <laughs> well, probably from the Sony presentation, I'd say that being a highlight for you isn't surprising. Hmm. <laughs> Apparently, when Harbour was first asked to join the movie, his reaction was, how are you guys going to make a movie out of a racing game? There's no story in it. Thank you! Holy shit! <laughs> Like, damn! <laughs> and then apparently he got told about the true story about Jan, John Martinborough? Jan? Yeah. Uh, Jan, I believe. Jan. I, I believe it's Jan. Ah, Janet Van Dyne. I see. Jeez. <laughs> Again, I will not apologize. Well, okay, I apologize, but I will not change. Fair. <laughs> and I just changed by saying that because I changed my sentence mid-change, so... Damn it! Got any change? <laughs> I am a double fraud. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, Sony, so, Sony brought all that. Okay. There were, there were actually a few different advanced screenings of different movies. Not ones I would have expected, except maybe The Flash. Hmm. And they were all decently well-received. Of course, that doesn't really mean anything at a con like this, because, you know, everybody who goes is already kind of predisposed to have a good time anyway. Yeah, because, like, the people who are going to go and spend money to go to such exclusive things are, like, top-dollar fans to begin with. Which I suppose is all, and I think CinemaCon might be exclusive to industry people. I'm not 100%. Mm. Okay. So, screening for The Flash, apparently it's quite good. We also got a trailer, which we did see. Mm hmm And boy howdy, this general DC movie featuring The Flash sure does look interesting. I don't understand why it's called Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, watching the trailer as well, it's like, okay, this is not a Flash movie. The Flash is in it, and he's a big part of it, but this is not a Flash movie. <laughs> and also, I mean, is it is it a spoiler to make a guess that I think is super obvious? Because mm. I'm gonna do it anyway. Other Barry is the evil Flash, yeah, he's Dark Flash. <laughs> oh god. It's gonna be the, the bit of, yeah. we can't fix this. No! No one dies! It's like, oh, you're evil. Well, as I was saying... You've just snapped. Well, yeah, well, in the first trailer, one of them is, I don't think it means anything, but one of them is wearing, I think, like, either a black or dark blue suit. So... Well, that's supposed to be a repurposed bat suit. Oh, fair. Yeah, because obviously he wouldn't have his own Flash suit. Fair, fair. But no, I'll guarantee you what happens is, Barry explains he, what he has to do to undo the timeline, other Barry snaps, other Barry's like, our mom isn't dying, we'll fix the whole thing. He goes, we can't, we already broke it, I'll fight you, then they fight. It was me, Barry. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, I'm surprised they didn't just make him reverse Flash, considering all the yellow he wore in the, in the first one. Oh, that's true. It was me, Barry, I shit your pants. <laughs> it's like, but... How does that interrupt me again, Barry? See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the really funny thing is, that one clip about 
that that one voice acted parody clip of Reverse Flash going, "It was me, Barry." is taken mm-hmm. from a movie, the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie, in fact, and the whole thing there is that it actually isn't Reverse Flash's fault, and it was all Barry's fault. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Just like Flashpoint. Oh, jeez. I'm getting a little sick of seeing Michael Keaton just mug at the camera. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to see him back, don't get me wrong. Y- yeah. But between the, yeah, I'm Batman and you want to get nuts, it's just like, okay, yep, play the hits, come on. Yep. To, yep. to be honest, I did enjoy the bit at the end of the trailer where he's like, all right, your parachutes are strapped to you. Where's your parachute? And he just smiles and drops off. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. And so was the bat flying wing thing against the, the moon. I was like, okay, you know what? That's a good touch. <laughs> but it's, it just kind of feeds into the, this doesn't feel like a Flash movie. This feels like a Supergirl, Batman versus Zod, and also the Flash is there kind of movie. Yeah. Which, who knows, maybe it's different in the actual movie itself, because God knows they probably want to play up all the cameos and downplay Ezra Miller's presence in his own movie, their own movie, excuse me, because, mm. well. Well, yeah, he's, well, everything that Ezra Miller has done. <laughs> I look forward to sailing the seven seas for this one. Mm. Arr. Arr. Rated R <laughs> <laughs> For Craven. <laughs> I'm bringing back this dumb joke, right? Rated R for for running from the police. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rated R for wreck the timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, terrible, terrible. Mm. No, I've seen worse trailers, but uh. fair. Okay. Also, apparently, they cut a bunch of cameos that they were contemplating to save time. Linda Mm. Carter was one. Grant Gustin was one. He's the Flash from the TV show. And obviously Linda mm-hmm. Carter, original TV series Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I guess they also considered Burgess Meredith, Cesar Romero, Marlon Brando. And I hate to break it to you guys, but at least two of those three guys are dead. <laughs> Have been for a while now. Uh... So, okay. Oh, no, they were probably gonna... Oh, they were probably gonna force Gump Barry into it. Uh, like, just roll the old footage of Superman the movie when Marlon Brando's mispronouncing Krypton and just have Barry there in the background staggering around like an idiot. This... While Krypton falls. God, uh, he called it Krypton! That hurts. I'm not even a big, like, DC, or really superhero person in general, and that hurts. <laughs> and then Superman later in the same movie pronounces it correctly. Where do you get the right pronunciation? Clearly not from space, Dad! <laughs> Uh, oh dear we're also getting a musical adaptation musical remake adaptation of The Color Purple okay from Oprah Winfrey and like that you've lost me (laughs) I see yeah (laughs) I'm sorry it's a coming of age drama so oh boy (laughs) that ought to be a thing yeah we'll see (laughs) Disney went rolling out with a bunch of stuff. There was other Warner Brothers stuff, but like I said, I'm kind of trying to... I'm, I'm going to try to cut this down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we got, we got a couple different trailers from Disney, and they also brought up... This is the first year since 2019 where all of their labels are releasing a movie. So you've got... You got Walt Disney Pictures, you got Walt Disney Animation, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm... How many is oh, that? Okay. The point is... <laughs> 
Let's see what I was going to ask. What is Lucasfilm doing? <laughs> oh, 20th Century Studios and Searchlight. Those are the other ones. Oh, okay. Lucasfilm's doing Indiana Jones. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Da, 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 mm. da, da. Yeah, we got a new Guardians three clip. Okay. They reshowed the trailer for the Marvels. Okay. Melissa McCarthy showed up to talk about the Little Mermaid. Okay. <laughs> they showed a clip from Haunted Mansion. We didn't get that. Unfortunate. Nah. But we did get quite a few different trailers. Mm-hmm. For example, we got the trailer for Wish. So, I think I like this, but I got so confused with the animation. <laughs> because it threw it's me like, for a bit. Yeah, like I, I felt like it's like, I can't tell if this movie can't decide if it's 2D or 3D. Which is amazing, considering how long has it been since there's been any major 2D kids movie from Disney to begin with? Disney, the last one I think was Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And then they decided we're not doing this again because it didn't make enough money because, you know, we kind of sent it out to die against Harry Potter 8. (laughs) You know, the last one. The last fucking Harry Potter movie. The one everybody was waiting for ages to see before we all decided that the franchise was actually garbage the whole time. (laughs) I did enjoy, I think it was a goat, when he's like, so when's the magic happen? Oh, I can talk now? This is awesome. I didn't think my voice would be so deep. Low. <laughs> or low. I was like, all right, that's funny. <laughs> it's even funnier because the, the goat is voiced by Alan Tudyk. Oh, really? <laughs> and he's basically just doing the Clayface voice from Harley Quinn. Nice. <laughs> well, you've seen Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's just a Clayface voice. Yeah, no, that's that's funny. That's even better. <laughs> just imagine that goat shouting out, Lady Gaga! <laughs> I can't subscribe to another thing. My inbox is already swollen with her. <laughs> That's even better. Chris Pine's the bad guy. Oh, really? Apparently. All right. I assume King Magnifico's the bad guy. Hmm. He seems very sinister. He, he seems sinister indeed. Probably siphoning wish energy for some kind of ultra mega wish. <laughs> He's going to summon the super dragon balls. Just Oh, my goodness. No, that, that song was very pretty. I like the animation. It feels... It feels kind of Spider-Verse The Last Wish, but without being as action-oriented. Spider-Verse The Last Wish? No, as in, you know, like, Into the Spider-Verse and Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Where it's, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's not quite stop-motion 3D-ish, but it's it's filmed in such a way where it feels like if you paused it at any given point, you get a really great still image. Hmm. Yeah, you know what, I can I can agree to that. That was definitely, like, one of the vibes I got from it. Still not sure how I feel about the concept of, oh, this is where the wishing star all the other Disney movies wished on came from. It's just that I don't think you want to... No, yeah, no, that's dangerous. I don't that think is... you want to open that door. That is a dangerous can of worms to open right there, because now you're very... You are literally playing with fire, in a sense, when it comes to the lore of all Disney fantasy movies ever <laughs> the door is open sora yeah it's <laughs> it's bad enough that it's a jar it's just not fully open <laughs> oh man they also dropped a trailer for a haunting in venice which i did not realize was a hercule perot agatha christie novel okay yeah i guess it's I don't know if you could call Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile sequels. I mean, I guess they're sequels because they're... <laughs> it's Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot, so it's a... Mm. It's 
there's no real thematic connection, I guess, beyond it's the same guy playing the same character. You know what? James Bond, then. So, yeah. You know what? They're sequels. I guess they're right. sequels. <laughs> a Haunting in Venice fascinates me, though. I like a good mystery where they're faking something supernatural. It does look cool. I will say, from the general premise, or from what was shown, at the very least, it's like, this looks kind of neat. This looks pretty awesome. Especially because... You know, at least I, I, I'm pretty sure that in Agatha Christie novels, there's never anything actually supernatural. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a, a rational explanation for what's going on. Oh, yeah. And that makes me really interested to see what is this. Probably somebody drugged the punch or something. <laughs> Seems the most likely. But I don't know. Maybe hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Maybe clowns. Maybe clowns. <laughs> I don't know how clowns would work, but... But it's got to be clowns. But it looks decently sinister, decently unnerving. Especially for not really... I wouldn't say there's any real jump scares in it. Just unsettling moments. Right. Like that one probably dead girl floating around. Except probably <laughs> not actually floating. Right. And then of course from Searchlight Pictures, we got a trailer for Next Goal Wins from Taika Waititi. <laughs> I actually kind of want to see this. <laughs> no, same! Look, my my absolute crusade against his Thor movies aside, I don't think he's a bad director. No, and you know what's funny about that is that I like how he kind of owns up to that when they go, like, from the loser of the Teen Choice Awards and from the loser of, like, one of the other awards. It's like, you know what? You normally don't see that in trailers. That's pretty good. <laughs> I feel like that's a joke revolving around how bad the soccer team is. I mean, it is, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they could have gone from for anything else to make it more marketable. True. But it's like, not only did they just go with him not winning the awards, but they did it in a way that makes it, like, ties in with the premise of the movie. It's like, all right, you know what? That's pretty good. <laughs> I rewound the bit in, like, like towards the end of the trailer where they kick the ball and it bounces off three of their heads. I rewound that and watched that, like, five times. <laughs> Because I am a terrible human being. But that was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like how it bounces off the third guy's head and and then just you hear the whistle blow as if he's just going, okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) You have two options. This is where you're currently at. It's just a giant slide that says no job. Mm. (laughs) I like that a lot. Oh, yes. No, this looks funny. I'm sure it's going to have a heartwarming, sentimental thing about it's not actually about winning, because I don't I don't pretend to know what this alleged true story is about. Yeah. But I, it's either going to end triumphantly or it's not, which is the most non-committal thing I've ever said on this podcast, I think. But, <laughs> oh, man, that was, a, that was an absolute nothing burger of a statement, wasn't it? Uh, there's worse nothing burger statements. And of, and of all of all movies, apparently the thing Disney chose to screen at CinemaCon was The Boogeyman. Really? Yeah. And how did that go over? Uh, pretty pretty well, I guess. Okay. Apparently it's terrifying. I mean, the trailer is terrifying enough, that's for sure. I don't know, it kind of lost me, the second mm. one. Yeah, the sec- yeah, the second one did lose a little bit as well. I will I will grant you that. But I guess I- I guess we'll see. I mean, like I said, first reactions that these kind of things don't really matter that much because everybody's kind of inclined to like it anyway. Mm-hmm. Partly because I feel like that's what gets you invited back. Hey, you want to see this screening? Yeah, well, last time you said this movie, uh, and I quote, looked like donkey ass, so... <laughs> <laughs>
I meant that affectionately. <laughs> how does still one aff- getting in? <laughs> yeah, it's like, how does one affectionately say this looks like donkey ass? It's like, sweetie, that dress just makes you look like donkey ass. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it didn't almost work. I was going to say mm. it almost worked, but I, I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't lie like that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Universal brought a, brought a lot of their stars in as well. Oh, alrighty. For example, Will Ferrell showed up to promote Strays. Okay. <laughs> and brought Reggie's on-stage double, Sophie. Aww. And apparently, di- and apparently just kept mocking her the whole time. Aww. No, why you gotta do the dog like that? He was joking, of course. Oh, yeah, but still. <laughs> he was basically faking jealousy that everybody wanted to pay attention to the dog. Mm. <laughs> By the time that Strays 3 comes along, we're probably gonna have to recast with someone younger. Oh, dear. <laughs> She just showed up on set and ate hot dog slices. But look, it's not a competition. We both work together creating Reggie. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. I cannot oh, wait. It looks like a good time. We have a new title, at least. They also showed a trailer, but we didn't get to see it. Mm. Uh, for the new Exorcist sequel, which is now called The Exorcist The Believer. Okay. I've never actually seen any of those. I'm gonna have to fix not- that. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> Want me to let you know when I watch the first one? Uh, probably. Neat. You know it's a horror movie, right? Uh, probably. All right. <laughs> probably you know it's a horror movie. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> they brought in Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick for Trolls 3. Wait, Anna Kendrick is in it? Yeah, I think she's she she's she's the main she's the main lady troll. She's Poppy? Oh, I completely missed that the first time. Jack Black came out for Kung Fu Panda 4. Nice. They don't have a trailer yet. Hmm. But they have a log line. When the movie opens, Poe is on patrol and he catches a thief. What will happen? Who will win? <laughs> they also brought... Oh my god, they brought in a lot of people for Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Sung mm. Kang, Vin Diesel. Like Vin Diesel actually ca- showed up. I was to say, that's half the cast right there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Boy, I really... I, I, But yet, somehow I only care about Jason Momoa. Yeah, same. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> what a time. Mm. I guess they also showed a behind-the-scenes look and some footage from Wicked Part 1, which interests me, but we didn't get to see it, so... Right. Huh? As I was saying, I think there's a theme here. <laughs> right? And here's where I talk about the trailer footage for Wicked Part 1. If I had if I one! If I had any. <laughs> so Paramount... Mm-hmm. Kind of flexed on everybody else. Oh boy. Going, I can assure our presentation will come in under two hours. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Mm. No, domestic distribution chief Chris Aronson actually showed up through a stage floor door that was dolled up to look like a sewer cap. Nice. Wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mask and holding a pizza. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty great. Seth Rogen also came out to present and said, it's the first time I've seen an executive emerging from a sewer here at CinemaCon. Mm. There's something very appropriate about seeing studio executives rise from the sewers. (laughs) Just called out the entire industry right there. Indeed, he did. Mm. So they did some presentations for that. Mm -hmm. Apparently there's a new Smurfs movie coming out in 2025. Is there now? And Rihanna's playing Smurfette. Okay. Wow, I was really expecting a bigger reaction. I I mean, I don't... 
the unfortunate thing is that I don't really care about Smurfs that much. I haven't really since I was since I was little. It was more the fact of Rihanna. I mean, cool. I don't. <laughs> Fair, like, I guess. I, I don't know, because like I said, the issue is that there's less impact, because I kind of don't give a shit about the Smurfs. No, all right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, I'll, 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 watch, I'll watch the movie's career with keen interest, I guess. Also, they're making a animated Transformers movie called Transformers 1. There's already a bunch of those. <laughs> well, yeah, but now we're getting another one. Okay. Transformers another one. Okay, Transformers, another one. <laughs> and the cast includes Chris Hemsworth as Optimus Prime. No. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry as Megatron. Okay. Scarlett Johansson as Alita. I don't know who Alita is, but okay. <laughs> Keegan-Michael Key as Bumblebee. <laughs> Why? <laughs> John Hamm is in it as Sentinel Prime. Okay. And Lawrence Fishburne is a character I've never heard of called Alpha Trion. Huh. I wonder if they're gonna have Bumblebee be like Toad. <laughs> oh god, I hope. It's like it's like I'm matching Bumblebee with Toad's voice in the Mario movie. <laughs> oh dear. It's because that's the first place where my brain went, because that's how my brain works. Oh. Hmm. Of course we also got the trailer for Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. You know what's funny about that actually is that I watched the trailer beforehand. I did rewatch it for this episode. But the first place I saw it was actually on Porsche's official YouTube page, which I'm subscribed to. Huh. So it's like, I saw that. Why is the Transformers, like, trailer in my feet? Porsche uploaded it. Okay. All right, that... <laughs> I want to say Mirage is a Porsche? Yeah, that's oh, the I got it. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mirage is a 964 Porsche 911. All right, cool. I know cars and Transformers. <laughs> This one actually got my interest a little bit more than the previous one. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the last one kind of lost me because... I, I know this sounds stupid, but after Bumblebee was such a breath of fresh air, it was kind of disappointing to move back to a movie that seemed like it was predominantly just, oh, the robots are fighting again. <laughs> yeah, alright. All the movies are the robots fighting again. <laughs> yeah, but Bumblebee also had the cute Haley Steinfeld and her dog car thing. You know what? That's fair. And I was more invested in that than the than the robot fights. Hmm. And also, that movie had John Cena actually calling out. They're called Decepticons. Does that not raise any red flags? <laughs> so I respect that. Yeah, same. Rise of the Beasts. The first trailer just looked a little bit dull to me, but this one sold me a little bit better. I forgot Michelle Yeoh was going to be in this. Wait, which one is she again? She's the Eagle. Oh shit, that's right. Fuck. <laughs> right? Damn, not a casting choice I would have expected. Granted, at some... You know what? I said the same thing about watching Marky Mark in Transformers too. so... Well, I mean, that was bad. It, it was very bad, but it's He's also... Bad one of those, that. He is very bad at that, but it was also still thinking like, okay, Mark Wahlberg, not who I would have picked for one of these movies, but you know what? He's here. How bad could it possibly be? The answer is very, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> Fucking Cogman. <laughs> but no, uh, I like that Unicron is not in the Earth. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I like that when Transformers Prime did it, but when last night hinted Unicron is Earth, I thought, no, that that's just an excuse to blue ball us from not getting to see Unicron. 
Yeah, and it's just dumb no matter what. Yeah, at least I hope they've they've gotten rid of that. Mm-hmm. Technically, the planet we see Unicron advancing on might not be Earth. It could be something else. It could be a mm-hmm. flashback. Oh, true. Shit, they might still be weaseling out of giving us Unicron. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, well. I think Smokestreet's in this trailer. <laughs> okay. I was, I, okay, look, I like I said, not a huge Transformers fan, but I grew up watching Armada, and Smokestreet was the shit. And then he almost died, but then they <laughs> saved him. And then he had a redesign, and I don't think he got a new name, but he was probably based off another Transformer. I don't know. Might have been Ratchet. Then again, mm. Red Alert kind of took over Ratchet's role as the medic. Anyways. Which one was the, um... So, there's a... One of the Decepticons is a dark... It's like a very dark green Nissan Skyline. I I know you don't know what that is, but it's like the dark green sports car with a huge-ass wing. Which yeah, one no is clue. that? Oh, okay, as I say, do you know what that one is supposed to be? <laughs> uh, it might be Nobody Knows. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, oh, fair I enough. I don't know. I don't know oh, who well. that is. <laughs> Most of Decepticons are... planes, as far as I know. Mm. Oh, okay, I thought these ones were... Oh! Oh, you know what? That's fair. Yeah, so it's probably so. Then this one is one of the Autobots. Then I'm sorry. Who knows? I, it I, might not be. Yeah, my Transformers knowledge is not the greatest. I've only been slowly learning more because I've recently become very addicted to browsing the Transformers wiki. <laughs> have we gotten Blur in these yet? I, mean, I feel Blur's like we a, must have. I mean, Blur is a pretty good racing game. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but shut up. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be. That was a really good one. <laughs> Oh, is I'm it bad Nightbird? I didn't think of it. Eh, uh, could be. Uh, hold on. Could be Sideswipe for all I know. Oh, wait, it might be Nightbird. It might be like one of the beasts or whatever. Oh, oh. so is that Michelle Yeoh? I don't think so. As I say, is Michelle Yeoh a Nissan Skyline? <laughs> well, no, because the whole thing about the Maximals is they turn into animals. They don't turn into cars as far as I know. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, no, the, the, I, I'm a little interested in this. It looks like that one guy, I like him, the guy who's like... <laughs> I didn't see nothing. I'm still not seeing nothing. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> it looks like he's gonna get like some kind of armor suit that lets him fight a little bit, maybe. You know, you know what? At, that was the bit in the trailer where I was just like, "Man, I oh, fuck, I hate this now because I kind of want to see the movie just to see what happens there." <laughs> yeah, no, that part looks cool. I like the idea of giving the humans something to actually defend themselves with instead of just letting them run around and not get crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then Lionsgate kind of closed things out. Mm-hmm. We got a trailer for The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I've never seen any of The Hunger Games movies. Me neither. But I put my... it on here because it's a big deal, I guess. Yeah, my predominant thought in watching this was, holy shit, this looks fucked up. Do a quick search. Okay, that seems to be the MO of The Hunger Games. Yeah, no, I know The Hunger Games are fucked up. Yeah, like, I mean, I've never, I never seen the movies, and I also never read the books growing up. Like, I've heard good things about the books, I've just never actually sat down and read them. I like the aesthetic. I do like the 50s aesthetic that's going on. Uh, 50s, but also, like, future punk? Hmm. No, I guess future punk, probably. Diesel punk, I guess? I would say more, leans more towards diesel punk, especially, like, in the bits of the trailer that we see of the actual districts themselves. Yeah. This looks unsettling. Very much so. I might actually watch this, and this might get me to watch the rest of the Hunger Games. I don't know. Well, this one's supposed to be a prequel for the rest of them, right? Yeah, exactly. So, 
who knows? Maybe that'll make it where it's like, okay, now I want to see what ends up happening. Because I don't actually know what happens. Right. I mean, I guess I, I know mean, the Hunger Games have to keep going, but... Yeah, I think that was the only thing that kind of drew me out when I realized it was a prequel. It's like, oh, it's a pre- something taking place in a prequel before the main movies. Is there going to be a, re- a rebellion? If there is, I wonder how that's going to go. <laughs> Magic 8-Ball, what do you think? Survey says no. <laughs> Surveys say they gonna die. <laughs> the Hunger Games continue. That's a weirdly <laughs> specific Magic 8-Ball reference. <laughs> huh. Am I ever going to make anything out of myself? Never in your life. Oh. <laughs> uh, but no. Well, thanks for trying. <laughs> this looks alright. Uh... I like I like how I like the sinister chuckle from that one lady when her gloves are covered in blood. Mm-hmm. At least I assume it's blood when she after yeah. she's done lifting a snake out of the blood pit. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what that was. That's unsettling. Very. I keep forgetting this is not related to Game of Thrones. So when they say snow, <laughs> I keep thinking Jon Snow. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only person who thought that. I have barely seen any of Game of Thrones, but that was. My first thought was like, Jon Snow? It's like, nope, wrong series. <laughs> I saw one episode, it was the literal next to last episode. I saw one episode and it was the last episode. <laughs> oh, well, then if we put our heads together, we know exactly where it's going. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Lionsgate didn't bring an awful lot as far as I can tell. They did, however, also have a screening for Joyride. Oh, okay. Again, getting good reviews, but again, hard to tell based on just that. Right. But that one I'm definitely looking forward to. It's already made its world premiere at SXSW, but we won't see it until July. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Mm. So all in all, a lot of stuff that we didn't get to see, but quite a few (laughs) things that we did. And the things that we did get to see are at least neat. Movie theaters are alive, I guess. Mm -hmm. Especially if you look at the box office. Oh dear. But especially if you look at the box office for one Mr. Super Mario Brothers movie. Because it took in $40.8 million domestically this weekend. It's sitting at $498. million in domestic total and $1.02 billion worldwide. So it's like the highest grossing like video game movie of all time at this point, right? Highest grossing of all time? It's been there for a while. I don't think mm. the next highest one even hit 500 mil. But mm. high, maybe it did. Point is, it didn't get close to a billion. Fair. This is... this. You know what? This is kind of hilarious considering... How we talked about it when the movie was first revealed. Yeah, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it's a kid-friendly Mario movie, and the appeal of that alone is broad enough that I I should have guessed, but I Mm -hmm. underestimated it. Mm. It is also, of course, continuing to be the highest-grossing movie of 2023 so far. It's the only movie released in 2023 to cross a billion at the global box office. Of course, Avatar, Everybody Out of the Water, There's a Shark was released in 2022, so it doesn't count. I'm glad you like that one. Must not make Chappelle show reference. (laughs) So, uh, good on the Mario movie for making a Luigillion dollars. Oh, dear. I'm gonna keep this going. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna come up with as many excuses to make a play on billion dollars, except it's something else as I possibly can going forward. In a very distant second place, Evil Dead Rise. Oh boy. $12.1 million domestically this weekend for a $44.3 million domestic total. It's sitting at $88 million worldwide. Can you believe they were going to put it on HBO Max? Mm. 
What a bad call that would have been. Oh, yeah. Imagine just not getting anything back for your investment, stares at Batgirl. <sighs> Third place, I shouldn't be surprised, and yet somehow I am. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> okay. Uh, as far as I can tell, I can't find any worldwide information on it yet. Might not have gotten a release yet, but it's at $6.7 million domestically this weekend and in total. Hmm. Fourth place, definitely wasn't expecting this, although that's mostly because I forgot this was even coming out. <laughs> it's the re-release of the worst episode of the original trilogy, Star Wars Episode Six. I forgot that was a thing. Right? I forgot that they were doing that. Made $5.1 million this weekend. Hmm. And yeah, don't at me, it's the worst one of the three. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of the Ewoks, either. Uh, it's the uh, worst because Vader's redemption is shit. And it gets even worse when you watch the prequels. That's fair, yeah. Man just throws one guy down an elevator shaft and suddenly he dies a hero. Didn't even fucking kill him! <laughs> Didn't even finish the job. And he gets mm. to fucking ascend a Force Heaven or whatever the fuck. Fucking Kingdom Hearts 3 ending Master Xehanort fucking ass fuck. But he fulfilled the prophecy with the help of his son. <laughs> At this point, Rey fulfilled the prophecy. Mm. Well, I guess Rey and Kylo Ren? Yeah, technically. You know, apparently Damon Lindelof's Star Wars movie was gonna have an elderly Rey training a man and woman as, like, the next part of the Jedi Order. Like, she's already worked on establishing the Jedi Order again. Which, what a terrible idea that would have been. Oh, yeah. I don't even I don't even really like where the sequel trilogy went, but skipping over that stuff mm -hmm. would have led to exactly what happened with Star Wars Episode Eight. now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, let's skip over all the good shit to where everything goes horribly fucking wrong. How bad could that possibly be? Just go? like last time. <laughs> Boy, howdy, no wonder they fucking passed on it. Mm. And in fifth place domestically, it was John Wick Chapter 4. $4.8 million domestically this weekend, sitting at $176 million domestically, and $402 million worldwide. So I'm That's currently third highest grossing of this year. Nice. So, and which I assume, can only assume means to the surprise of literally nobody, we did not see the highest grossing movie at all, and even in the top five this weekend. <laughs> well, did you hear Sisu on that list? No. <laughs> well, that answers your question, doesn't it, sport? Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, we saw Sisu this week. I was going to see Polite Society, but I just did not have the time. Mm. I almost didn't have the time to see Sisu. Mm. To Sisu. Sisu. Sisu! No, it, it took 10th place. Oh, really? Honestly, that's better than I thought it was going to do. Not going to lie. 3.3 million. Oh, okay. Domestically, at least. Let me check worldwide. Hmm. Well, keep in mind, the movie actually came out in Europe, like, second half of last year. Yeah. Yeah, but apparently it didn't get a very wide release from the looks of it, because, uh, domestic box office, $3.3 million. Foreign mm. box office, 57000 Jesus! <laughs> I'm gonna guess it wasn't a very wide release. Like that would, you know what? That would make sense. So, yeah, we saw Sisu. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you want to take this... Ah, I can give it my best go. So, basically, Sisu is a historical action thriller movie set during in late 1944 during the Lapland War, which, holy hell, movie already gets a lot of points for me for covering unknown but, in the grand scheme of things, 
very important aspects of World War II that never get talked about. But that's neither here nor there. Basically, the movie fi- follows a gentleman who is a, a gold prospector living in the Lapland area of Finland during the tail end of World War II. At this point in the war, the Nazis have been given orders to evacuate, well, orders per se, to evacuate Finland completely because Finland has at this point become more or less part of the Allied forces. In response to that, during their evacuation, the Nazis have enforced a scorched earth policy, destroying everything. At which point, our hero comes across a battalion of SS soldiers trying to get their way out of the country, and it basically turns into World War II finished John Wick. <laughs> yeah. And that is more or less about the best general description I can give for the movie, because that's kind of what it boils down to, and honestly. The movie is at least partially, to some degree, although very heavily emb- embellished, based on the adventures of Simo Haya, a.k.a. the White Death, for the uninitiated. This is the gentleman that fought for the Finnish military. Gentleman, during... you say? <laughs> yeah, a gentleman who killed like 500 enemy soldiers. He served in the Finnish military during the Winter War, and the Winter War is, again, for the uninitiated, the first portion of the Finnish theater of World War II, in which the Soviet Union very illegally tried to invade Finland and claim their land as their own. Of course, this is the Soviet Union in the 1940s, so that's really not a surprise to anybody. Um, of course, it's the Soviet Union. doesn't really surprise anybody. Fix that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is, um, God, okay, like, I'm going to be real. This Again, this movie gets a lot of points for me just from covering, or at least acknowledging the, the Winter War and the Lapland War, because it's two aspects of World War II that really don't get talked about very much in any capacity, let alone a wickified historical action movie. And yes, I did just make up that word. No, wickified is good. I love it. <laughs> it seems it seems like a word we're going to need a lot of, or at least we've needed for a while because they they make a lot like these. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, um, and I fun fact from that as well. During this period, this was. To, to my recollection, the Winter War and all that, for those who are curious, is the only time in history, I believe, where two democracies have been at war with each other. Huh. Because at this point, Finland actually had freshly become a democracy, from what I remember. And more or less at a certain point, when they were fighting against the Soviet Union, they were a member of the Axis forces. But as for being part of the Axis for that period, that also made them, by default, at war with Great Britain. So it was the only time in history, again, that as far as I'm aware of, where two democratic nations were at war with one another and actively fighting each other. Interesting, if true. Yes. As far as the movie itself goes, it's it's literally old man John Wick in, in the Second World War. It, that is, it tells you all you need to know just right then and there. I liked it, but I also don't have a lot to say about it. <laughs> I liked it. But not, I was okay with it. I I guess I don't actually know if I liked it. Weird take, maybe, but I think this movie would have been better if it was almost entirely nonverbal. Yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue in the movie. I think the thing, it's such a weird thing for me because I kind of want to take that and twist it around another way. I feel like this movie would have been, at least for me, more interesting if there was more of people talking in their native languages. Oh, that's fair. 
Yeah, like, it would have been really neat. Given where we are and all that, it would have been re- much more neat if, like, if at very least all the Finnish characters, because it's not just the one gentleman, there's also, I guess, mild spoilers, although one of them is shown. There's a woman who's Finnish in it who shows up and is a bit of a minor character. I feel like it would have been, that would have been at least a nice touch. I don't think it would have changed my perspective on the movie that much. But it would have been one of those things that's like kind of a nice touch and also a lot less jarring at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess I guess we can at least both agree this movie could have stood to have less people speaking in English. Yeah, true. Because I, uh. I can see where you're coming from. And yeah, that would have helped a bit. But also, like, I don't know, the bits at the start mm-hmm. where nothing is being said hit the hardest for me. Oh, yeah. Like, the scenes where there isn't any dialogue always hit harder for me on these. Yeah, I'll, I'll I... admit, I'm a little hard-pressed to figure out how you would cover his backstory without dialogue. Oh, yeah. Or without drumming the budget up. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it was missing something. It was a right. little too safe. Yeah, like, hmm. Including going completely over the top as it gets closer to the end of the movie to the point where by the end I was rolling my eyes going, nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I think we'll get into that a little bit. I can kind of get behind that. I felt like for this movie, the first third of the movie is pretty great and definitely hits pretty hard. But as the more it progresses, the more it, it kind of lost me in that aspect. Because then it just kind of went down, kind of like John Wick, honestly. A progressive series of, okay, now it's getting a little bit more silly continuously. Mm. At a certain point, I was thinking, like, I feel like this movie is banking a lot on people, like, sticking around and being entertained by seeing Nazis get killed in grotesque and mildly hilarious ways. And don't get me wrong, on, like, normal circumstances, all for that. All for Nazis getting murdered and blown the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, they do kind of use... They do kind of use the bad guys or Nazis as a shorthand to not necessarily do an awful lot of development up front. And yeah. if I may do a little comparison to John Wick, which I feel a little bad about because this movie is not John Wick. Oh but no, not at all. In John Wick, they really ingratiate you to John's sense of loss mm-hmm. and what it means to him to have a chance to get some measure of peace back really early in. Yeah. So when he goes on the rampage, you get it. Yeah, and it's Here, like... Here, they just kind of rely on, well, they're Nazis, which, again, again, all the reason you really need, but it does make it does make the main character feel a little more empty and a little less developed. Like, for example, yeah. he obviously, it seems like he needs the gold to, you know... Actually, what does he need the gold for? Is it spoilers to, to kind of talk about that yet? I guess probably. <laughs> I... I I might have missed something. I don't know. I feel like it just wasn't necessarily conveyed the best when it seemed like he was doing mm-hmm. all right out there at the start. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess kind of in the encouragement side, I can kind of get ap- across that. Like, the thing is, with John Wick, to kind of bounce off of what you were saying as well, the movie also makes it very clear from the get-go, John Wick is not a good person. Like, not even remotely. But the way that things are shown, it's like, okay... I can understand why he would go back into this life. You know, I don't think they establish it from get go. They actually kind of, they actually kind of pull the rug out from under you at the uh, after the dog dies. True. 
Well, yeah, they do. Yeah, now I think about it, they do. But it's one of those things where, at least from the way that I kind of processed it, it was thinking, like, okay, they're establishing that John Wick, you know, it's like, he was, like, their best hitman. This dude has killed a lot of people. He's actually killed so many people that the Russian mafia, regarding the first movie, there is the reason why they're in the position that they're in as far as how much power and influence they have. Yeah. But still established very clearly and very directly that, hey, Stute's not cool, but but between the loss and just the literal, like, you know, just destroying what little this guy who, by all accounts, just wants to be left alone has, and you're taking that away, it's like, okay, I can understand why he would do this. In this instance, it's one of, this is one of the weird cases where they go over his backstory to very much establish how this dude operates in Sisu, and from there it's just like, well, yeah, well, of course he's going to kill them. They're Nazis. Which, I never thought I would ever get to a point about complaining about that being short-sighted. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know, it's weird. This just yeah, it's didn't very really weird. click with me, personally. Yeah. There's some great moments in it, don't get me wrong. Oh, there's some wonderful, there's some gnarly kills in this movie. <laughs> I definitely don't regret seeing it. I just don't mm. know that I'd ever sit there and watch it again. The movie also has a habit of making some very insane conveniences, which oh, yeah. I think we're going to get into later in our soon-ish in the oh, yeah. spoiler section. You got anything else that's non-spoilery, really? Because I'm kind of out. Uh, the dog is... <laughs> kind of ugly, I thought. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love most doggos, even if they're ugly, but... Yes. Something about that doggo made me think, this doesn't look like a real doggo. You know what's upsetting, actually, for me personally, is that I started getting commercials for the movie on YouTube like a week and a half before we actually went to see it. And one of the commercials I got was because, like, the way these commercials were set up on YouTube were of people, like, on Twitter and other, like, social media sites reacting to the movie. And there was one commercial they shot about the dog spoiling how the dog does or does not go. Watch the movie. Figure it out for yourself. But it was still one of those things where it's like, I would have preferred not having that spoiled by a YouTube ad. <laughs> Honestly. True. Yeah, I guess my verdict is, if you like historical action movies, especially ones that heavily exaggerate the action, mm -hmm. it's worth it. Oh, yeah. If you like well-put-together, but kind of dumb movies set in a historical setting, then this is a good time. Yeah, otherwise, you're... No. In an objective sense, fun, but not really missing much. Boy, am I going soft? It feels like it's been ages since I've run into a movie where I said, No, don't. Just don't, <laughs> don't fucking watch it. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm at the don't watch it part, because it's like, it's not... The movie's dumb, but it's not offensively bad. No, same enemies. with this one. Like, even then, like I said, there's a niche for it, and I don't hate it. I'd just probably never watch it again. I'm just reflecting on the fact that Mm -hmm. It's been a while since I've run into a movie, because this one isn't still isn't one, where I was mm -hmm. just like, no, I hated this. <laughs> mm. Times they are a-changing, I suppose. Indeed. Maybe I'm just picking them all right. Because, mm. I mean, it's plenty of things come out, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess if you don't want to be spoiled on Sisu, assuming you're good. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Then, in that case, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, click away in three... Two, one. This man is too angry to die, and the world is just like, you know what? He's too angry to die. Let's just let him keep going. 
Yeah, I'd say right around the part where he reaches the, I guess, petrol station mm-hmm. is where the movie starts getting a little too ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, well, even like, even before that, for me, it started happening during the bit where he's taking his horse and his <laughs> horse steps out of mine. I'm just like, oh, this is how we're going to do it now? Okay. And you know what's... <laughs> I had a, I had a pretty... I had a reaction to that. Yes, you did. And that was very funny to me because it was basically the opposite of Cruella. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So for reference, when we saw Cruella in theaters and the Dalmatians knock her mom off of a cliff. <laughs> should, I, should I have said spoilers? Whatever, the movie's like several years old Yeah, at this the movie's point. like three years old. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So in Cruella, when they knock the mom off the cliff and the Dalmatians all live, Greg gasps in horror, and I'm just rolling in my seat, dying of laughter, because it's such an inherently stupid-looking scene, and I was so afraid that that was what they were going to use as Cruella's motivation for becoming a villain before it turned out this was actually a watered-down anti-hero movie. Mm. So I was I was just sitting there dying with, Dalmatians killed me, Mom! <laughs> But this time, this time when the horse gets blown up, I stared over at Greg with just this horrified expression of, no! <laughs> and and he's laughing. Well, it's like, I wasn't so much laughing, I was just more like, yep. Because... Well, they telegraph it. They telegraph they it. They telegraph it. Coming. Yeah, they telegraph it, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? And I see the mounds of dirt like that the horse is walking by. I was like, oh, they're on a minefield right now. And sure enough, right after I think that horse gets blown the fuck up... I'm not laughing at the horse dying because that was actually pretty awful. I was kind of laughing at the fact that this dude survived through this. Granted, yeah, he got sent flying, and they it sent his ass flying. And not only that, it sent him flying. And his first priority after coming to is I gotta get Pick me gold. gold. I gotta get me gold. Even though there is an SS Panzer division literally rolling up on him, watching him gather his gold. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm surprised neither of the women that the Nazis used as, like, mine tester, mine sweepers. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that neither of them blew up. I was expecting at least one of them to die. It's like, oh, Jesus, is this really what we're gonna do? <laughs> they really set up there were a bunch more mines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, wh- why? How come nobody- I mean, I'm not complaining, I don't want to see innocent people get blown up, but it's yeah. a weird setup to be like, yeah, we planted a bunch of mines and there's still a bunch left, well, we'll use these people as as testers and then no more mines go off. This also starts setting up the bit in the movie of the- admittedly, it was the thing that kind of kept me interested- but also was objectively stupid. The continuous series of how the fuck does our protagonist get himself out of this one? (laughs) Yeah, because he gets shot several times. He -hmm. he spends a whole night hanging from a sign by a noose, Mm -hmm. but I guess he manages to live by impaling his bullet wound on like a... On the nail. On a nail, and that keeps him suspended enough, I guess. I don't know how that works. Mm. I don't think that works. I would assume that doesn't work. Manages to cling to the bottom of a plane that's taking off with a pickaxe. The, the plane that has, like, very much gotten into altitude. So he would actually yeah. be, like, frozen to death very quickly. It's in Finland, so, you know, it's probably even colder up there. Yeah. So I don't buy that. Just in, you know, just gets blown up and shot and, like, all other kinds of shit several times. Okay, movie- also, I hate the fact that the sharpshooter for the Nazi, I assume he's the sharpshooter, yeah. is terrible at hitting this guy, <laughs> but, but is seemingly his- perfectly competent 
killing any other time guy. he's using it. <laughs> it's like killing this old Finnish man. I sleep. Killing his his um subordinate that is actually very smartly going fuck this shit. I'm out. It's like perfect accuracy. Real shit. <laughs> No, that was kind of infuriating. Yeah, that was a little silly because, like, especially when it's when it's like the whole group are like shooting him. Because there's basically a moment where the guy is in a river and they know he's in the river, but they but they're losing patience, so they finally go, "Fuck it, we're gonna shoot the water." Misses every shot, and this is one dude with a sniper rifle and four other dudes with MP40 sub machine guns. <laughs> It's like the seed and arrow, arrow assaults the ship, even though everyone has MP5s. It's like, you have guns! He has an arrow! How do you miss? <laughs> A.K.A. the moment you quit arrow. Yeah, for real. <laughs> three episodes in. I uh, made it almost three seasons. Yes. Now, I Not was... to brag or anything. <laughs> of course, what came before that was... Honestly, one of the most creative kill-slash-survival mo- moments I've ever seen in any movie... Because oh yeah, where thing... he slits the guy's throat, then sucks the exiting oxygen out of his neck. Yeah, like I was... some kind of air vampire. Yeah, I was like, you know what? That's pretty fucking creative. <laughs> like that's would that work? Do you think? I don't think so. But from a movie perspective, that's actually pretty gnarly. I never thought I would ever see anything like that. I was like, I think I don't remember you what you said, but I was just like, damn. <laughs> okay, actually, you know what? There was a question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um. As the expert on this kind of thing, how effective is a German helmet as a melee weapon? It can be. Okay. They're not sharpened by any means, because that would not make sense and you would cut soldiers' fingers. But it's still a solid piece of metal. All right. um, With a decent amount of weight to it, because the idea is that it's supposed to at least help stop bullets from killing people. Or from killing your soldiers, so... I usually in movies and games I've seen like the top of the Stahlhelm, which is the name of the helmet, used as a blunt force weapon against like somebody's head. I've never mm. really seen so much of someone using the actual like edge of the helmet as a stabbing tool, but I can see it if you are strong slash angry enough to do it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, I just remember him going to town bashing that one guy's head in with that thing, and it was just like, oh. It, it, would that work? I mean... I'll make I, a note to ask Greg, and then I did, so I did. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't re- recollect any, like, specific instances of, like, people using it, but I feel like it's at least decently within the realm of possibility. Alright. Okay, the... I did, I did like watching the women prisoners get their comeuppance, although we didn't really see it. No. the aftermath. So... Which actually feels a little disappointing now. No, that yeah, because I was gonna say, man, I, I don't know how to approach this, because it's like... I'm glad they see them come, they get their comeuppance, but I was actually, I am someone who always vouches for street justice when it's needed in movies. Because the thing is, is that the sharpshooter, the Nazi sharpshooter has also, um... Been violating the women prisoners. Yes, thank you. I was trying to think of a YouTube-friendly way of describing it. We don't see any of it, but it's... But it's very, very it's explicitly implied. It's implied to the point of there's no argument. Yeah, it's like there's there's no, like, being like oh, maybe it's like, no, dog. Oh, <laughs> A good way through the movie, the main protagonist, who I don't think has ever actually named this movie. No, he's named. Oh, is it? I oh. don't remember what it was, because oh, okay. I don't speak Finnish. Fair. He actually gets on the van... Or on the cargo truck that the women are on, and gives them all submachine guns that he's stolen from the Nazis that he's killed. So 
he goes to town like the other Nazis in the convoy and whatever, except for the tank and um the tank and his crew. And we're left with actually him beating the shit out of the Nazi sharpshooter. And that was very fun in a sense because immediately during that beatdown, there's two other Nazis that show up on a sidecar motorbike, motorbike with a machine gun. And it's kind of fucked up in a way, but it's also kind of funny because these are the two smartest Nazis in the entire movie because they immediately bail from the sidecar and run the fuck away. But it's also moderately frustrating because they were also the most equipped to kill that guy at that very moment. (laughs) You know what? I think it's one of those things where the number of times he escapes death that seems to defy coincidence. Mm -hmm. Really, It's one of those like death of a thousand cuts type things, except it's not. It's the anger of a thousand cuts where (laughs) every single time something that should kill him doesn't. I'm not rooting for the Nazis, but I am rooting for... I am rooting for probability. <laughs> probability. I'm like, what's finally going to get him? Yeah, probability is just looking down. It's like, this is rigged. <laughs> and the answer is nothing. He even mm. survives a fucking plane crash into a swamp. Into a marshland. Which... And the plane crash was not gentle. No. It was not controlled. It fucking nosedived. Yeah, Nosedove. It... it no. It dove. It nosedivid. It... <laughs> it's nosedivided. Yeah, and that actually p- pissed me off a little bit because the movie, whenever it comes to, like the various ways that this guy survives his multiple brushes with death, the movie always tries to at least imply or like decently explain it. Usually, the common one is that when people are when the characters are asked if they actually think the dude is immortal, it's like, no, he's not immortal. He just doesn't want to die. It's like, well, that's dumb. I mean, yeah, this dude's too angry to die, but still. But in the final like scene of the movie, or one of the final scenes, the plane that he is on, the plane that he also, ten minutes before, has stuck to with his pickaxe. <laughs> and punched um, a hole in. And put a hole in. Which he- I feel like should have let the oxygen out. Yeah, no, it should have. It absolutely should have depressurized the co- the cockpit in that aspect. Granted, I don't know. If oh, but the guy in charge of the platoon went out and in a beautiful way. It was amazing. It was great. He gets blown the fuck up beautifully. But goes out with some pretty good last words of "fuck you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of the few times where I'm just like, because before that he's going, "Why won't you die?" And it's like, man, I don't want to give any like shit to a Nazi, but that is if that's not the realest shit I have ever seen in a movie. <laughs> But then, yeah, survives. He he basically like straps himself in the plane in a all metal, all wood Douglas C forty seven with no seat belts of any kind, and just barrels and like hard impacts into a marshland at hundreds of miles an hour. So hard that the plane actually goes into the marsh and is completely submerged. Because when it all clears up, the plane is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, and then like a little bit later, you just see bubbles, and he just comes out from the mud. And it's like, I've in my head I'm going, he's like, the movie's going like, hey, yeah, he survived because it's a Martian. No, 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 he still Absolutely should be not. dead. <laughs> this fucker's still dead. If he's not dead from the impact, he's dead from out of oxygen and from marsh bog flooding that fucking thing because he'd be all the way at the back when it hit. Yeah. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I was just, the movie was like slowly moving, losing me. I think that was the bit at the end where it's just like, okay. Alright, what happens next? Thankfully, in a sense, the movie kind of comes back to a certain degree of reality. Although, we were talking a bit about the girls getting their comeuppance. The bit that I was just kind of like, ah, but 
I don't like this. I wanted the Nazi to die. Is that they actually steal the not the women steal the Nazi tank and and find Finnish military forces, but they have the sexual assault Nazi sniper like hog tied to the barrel, and are like all everyone but him is dead. It's like, yeah, I'm glad they got their comeuppance, but given what he did, I really would have liked to see the like see him like completely annihilated. I don't yeah, know what I don't know how much that says about me as a person. <laughs> no, we're in a post I spit on your grave world. You could you could show you could show that shit. <laughs> don't watch I spit on your grave. It's very uncomfortable. Fair. Or do <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you how to live. Fair. And then yeah, the and then following that with, with a certain sense of normalcy the um the the protagonist comes back to Helsinki and goes to a bank, just dumps all the gold up, and he's like, "I need these in large bills, please." And it's like, "That's wait, what?" And it's like, "It's a lot. It's a lot less um, heavy to carry. Less heavy to carry." I'm like, "Oh, that's." And then credits just roll right after. I was like, "Well, that's fucking dumb." <laughs> yeah. So I guess the the lack of an end goal like is that going to help him get out of finland is that his plan yeah like or is he holding up is he going back what is the what is the driving motivation here yeah and it's never explicitly stated because basically this dude is everyone's worst enemy it's it's explain his backstory is explained and the general gist of it is that um he was a member of the finnish military during the winter war when they were fighting against the soviets and he killed, like, at minimum 300 Soviet soldiers, more or less with his bare hands. Like, he was a one-man death squad. But because of how... And he kept being uncontrollable, and eventually they got sick of trying to discipline him, so they were just like, okay, fine, you just do you in the wilderness or whatever. Just keep killing Russians. And it's like, you don't have to tell me twice. In fact, yeah. you don't have to tell me once. And don't just... tell me at all. I ain't listening. And then he just spent a the entire movie fighting against and killing a, a division of SS Panzer Division. So it's like... So what is your end goal? Because as far as I can tell, nobody really wants you around. <laughs> the Russians definitely don't want you. The Nazis sure as fuck don't want to be near you. And it from it's implied that Finland doesn't really want you around either because of how dangerous you are. So what is your end game here? <laughs> like, what are you going to use this for? Yeah, it's not very well explained. And that's part of why, again, I probably don't need to see this again. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild ride. A little too wild at the end there. Oh yes, very much so. It's the it's the escalation thing just taken to a almost problematic level. Still, very satisfying to watch a bunch of Nazis get it. Yeah. Oh my god. So <laughs> Mike Minor thing, I think this is gonna be the last thing for me, was the bit where the, the Nazis approached the minefield. First off, the fact that this dude was able to unearth a mine and then throw it and hit a Nazi in the face and blow him up. Really funny. But also kind of like, okay, how did you do that? <laughs> He's clearly Hawkeye. He's Finnish Hawkeye. Yeah. But then also the bit where the commander sends two of his soldiers out to, like, chase after him in the minefield. They both hit a mine. One of them actually gets his leg blown off, and the leg hits a third mine. <laughs> and I was just that like, was great. I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um... Obligat- the movie's got a weird sense of humor. I'm sorry. The movie's got a weird sense of humor. Yeah, it does. It's got a it's got a weird sense of. Well, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because normally in extreme cases of gore, I usually turn away. With like, I think two exceptions. Spoiler alert: This movie's gory as fuck. Yeah. But with two exceptions, I did it. It didn't really bug me as much as it normally does in 
with that level. I think it was one of those things where my brain kind of autofilled it because it's like, it's World War II. What do you expect? We've seen plenty of combat footage during this period. Uh, don't be like me, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> do not be like me in where in your completely unnecessary thirst for historical knowledge, you look up actual combat footage of the Second World War. It's not Ugh. fun to watch unless you are very strong-willed, and I wouldn't even call myself that. But yeah, those moments, it's like, you know what? That doesn't bother me nearly as much. If anything, it, at a certain point, I was like, okay, what bothers me now is how much this surgery this dude is doing to himself and still not dying. <laughs> right? So I think that about wraps it up for Sisu. I would say so. In which case, thanks for watching, everybody. I already did the spiel, so I'm not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know what to do if you want. We're on Google Podcasts now. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if if you want to subscribe there or something or point it to somebody who might not listen to YouTube but will listen to something on Google Podcasts, be my guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have a link here in the description. Next week, it's Guardians 3! Guardians 3, baby. I can't wait to get emotionally fucking wrecked! (laughs) I am here to have an absolutely horrible time! (laughs) The R is for wrecked! (laughs) Anyways, thanks though for listening. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, aka Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.